Wait, 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 wait. Don't skip ahead just yet. I know you were about to. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, then you'll love mine too. If you like podcasts that break down all of your favorite water cooler reality TV shows like The Real Housewives or big budget movies like Wakanda Forever, then this is the podcast for you. Subscribe to my podcast, Reality and Comics 2, and listen to episodes like my interview with Robin Dixon of The Real Housewives of Potomac or my interviews with your favorite bombshells from Love Island, USA. That's Reality and Comics 2. And I'm Kendrick. See you there. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And we are joined by the cutest one, the year 2023. (laughs) Happy New Year's, cuties. We are officially done with the absolute (laughs) dumpster fire that was 2022. Happy Happy New New Year's. Year's. I thought you were going to introduce yourself as the cutest one. (laughs) And I was just going to laugh out loud, because those (laughs) of you who are not on the Patreon, you can only hear us, um, but Chelsea dressed up for us. Yeah. She didn't. <laughs> no, I absolutely didn't. I do not have a stitch of makeup on. I could not be bothered with a wig today. Is it a bad omen that I'm starting off the year by doing literally nothing? I don't think so. I'm going to be inspired by this movie. I'm just resetting my propellers, Donnie. I wouldn't say you're doing literally nothing. I see a scrunchie, which is... <laughs> A lot more than I asked for. <laughs> well, patreon.com slash I am the cute one if you want to see me in all of my cute glory. I do think this is a metaphor for how I'm rolling into the shop, as the kids say. If I were a car, my wheels have been stolen. You look like the boat at the end of this movie. <laughs> and you're just paddling away <laughs> in a canoe. So I want to start off, first of all, hi, cuties. We don't have a guest, so you know how this is going to go. Toot, toot, buckle up, motherfuckers. If you can't tell, we're already a little bit unhinged. I literally am four hours back from a girls weekend with my best friend. I had not seen her since 2019 and we made up for lost time. I think that we consumed as many alcoholic beverages in a single weekend like we had been drinking together for the past five years. Mm. So I'm doing well, that's great. Good. Now I understand the lack yeah, of Yeah, doing really well. <laughs> but I wanted to start out by just doing a cute little 2022 recap. Yes, Nava from Podcrush, she did a post yesterday, and it was 22 things she's grateful for from 2022. And I loved it. So I did it too. I'm not going to list all 22. But now I have it in front of me to steal from. So... My 2022 recap, I loved going to 90s Con and meeting Nev Campbell. I loved working at A Strange Loop and like meeting every Black celebrity I ever wanted Mm -hmm. to meet. This is not a Black celebrity, but Rosie O'Donnell came tonight. So truly, I met everyone I ever wanted to meet there. (laughs) That's awesome. And I saw Leah Michelle perform live. So that is clearly a cute thing about 2022. And I just love what we did with our podcast. We went, not rogue, but we went independent, no longer signed to a network. And our numbers doubled in six months of what we had in a year when we were signed to the network. So a pat on our back. Yeah, I had that too. (laughs) I just love each and every one of the weirdos that listen to us. (laughs) What would you boot from this year? If that was what was cute, what would you boot? (sighs) I was thinking, and I really don't know. I mean, that sounds like I had a great year, and I certainly did it. But <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I think, and this is kind of leading into my manifestation for 2023, but we'll loop back to you. I would boot 
my survival jobs. Great. So I would love... <laughs> like to enter 2023 with being able to quit all of my survival jobs and being paid to be a full-time content creator Love that. or like any kind of creator a writer well that's content so, yeah. yeah making shit that makes you laugh yeah we are very aligned as per usual the cute parts of this year literally were like anything to do with this podcast Absolutely. 2022 is perhaps one of the worst years of my life but this podcast was something that i could look forward to every single week just laugh my ass off, be silly, be dumb. And it was really fun to get those DMs that had other people who were in the same boat as me being like, thank you for letting me just turn my brain off for 50 minutes and laughing with you and Donnie. <laughs> and I think that this year, I feel like every year I'm like, this is the year I'm going to be good with money and I'm going to be rich. But I think I'm going to switch it up a little bit and stop being so obsessed with how broke I am and stop talking about our secret third co-host my furnace <laughs> and instead just like focus on manifesting opportunities because I think that being able to do something that brings me a lot of joy and makes me laugh is what I want. Yeah, it was either Oprah or Gandhi that <laughs> said like <laughs> focus on the opportunities and money will come. Mm. Or maybe I just had that. <laughs> Some have called you the Gandhi of our generation, Bonnie. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> now, <laughs> were those people silent or silent? Get it? That yeah, was I got it. Reference? Yeah. Okay, I was good. just being silent and silenced <laughs> by you. Oh, I have one more goal for okay. this year. I would like to survive my own disaster movie, which is Donnie Appreciation Month, because New Year's Day struck, the clock struck midnight, and a shiver went down my spine, and it was like the devil was whispering in my ear, it's coming, March is coming. I do want to manifest for 2023. This is purely coincidental. I am drinking a Clearly Canadian oh, no. right now. <laughs> So clearly Canadian, if you're listening, you will because I'm going to tag you. Uh -huh. Please sponsor us. It's my favorite drink ever made. They just started carrying them at my grocery store and I buy five every time I go to the grocery store. You are a monster. <laughs> Quinn got you that webcam for Christmas mm -hmm. and you have just become an influencer. You literally put your hand up like you were premiering a new lip kit. <laughs> but yeah, please sponsor us. Yeah, I didn't even think about this is my first show with this new webcam and the first thing I did was show a bottle of Clearly Canadian. Oh, great. If you want to see Donnie do infomercials for no reason in real time, head over to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for our unedited, uncut, and unhinged episodes. They're usually about like 20 to 30 minutes longer, and most of the shit that we shouldn't say at all, we just say over there. So for example, Donnie just perhaps alienated a family member, friend, or coworker. I'm keeping it vague because that's over at the Patreon. Join us. Wonderful. Well, let's jump into this movie. I don't even think I have said what it is, <laughs> but we are covering Poseidon. Just a real professional over here. What a way to start the year. Absolutely. I am the cute one is now looking for sponsors. If you have a business you'd like to promote, email I am the cute one podcast at gmail.com to inquire about rates and packages. So this movie came out on May 12th, 2006. It was a Friday. SOS by Rihanna was top of the U.S. music charts, while Crazy by Gnarls Barkley reigned supreme in the U.K. Wow. That is a coincidence. Wait till we get to the tagline. That's what we call a little <laughs> teaser in the biz. So also keeping with our nature fucking shit up theme, 
Just a few days after this movie premiered, a large earthquake, 7.4 on the Richter scale, occurred in New Zealand. Oh, my God. Yeah, nature. <laughs> so please, everyone, pull up a chair. I'm about to give a TED Talk. Disaster films are my absolute favorite genre. If a disaster movie comes out, I will have my little ass in that theater seat ready to go opening weekend. I love them. This movie... Not a disaster movie. How not? It's an action-adventure movie. For a disaster movie, you need multiple disasters involving <laughs> climate change or the end of the world. There needs to be an element of, like, humans being partially to blame. And there needs to be, like, a larger message and warning. Like, you better start recycling those cereal boxes or the dinosaurs <laughs> will come back to life and eat you. This is just a tidal wave, which, you know... Sucks, but it's not a disaster movie. A tidal wave big enough to go over the biggest boat ever made, Chelsea. This is just a stroke <laughs> of bad luck. All right. Okay. Do you have any background <laughs> or trivia for us, Donnie? Yeah, I do, actually. So it was based off of the 1969 novel, The Poseidon Adventure, by Paul Gallico, who... <laughs> Paul Gallico's number one selling book is The Snow Goose. Never heard of it. Hong Kong. But behind that was The Poseidon Adventure... And then everything else, not everything, but like 90% of everything else he wrote was about cats. Huh. And not even the same cat all the time. Just there's literally one called Le Meow, but like not M-E-O-W. There's random letters put in the middle. So you know to really say it French. Like meow. Our little cat king. <laughs> A mess. I won't be reading any of his other work. And then the screenplay was adapted by Mark Protosvetch, who also wrote The Cell, I Am Legend, and Thor. Hmm. Is I Am Legend a disaster movie? No, that's post-apocalyptic. <sighs> okay. It was directed by Wolfgang Peterson, who also directed Outbreak, Air Force One, and The Perfect Storm, hmm. which I know now is not a disaster Thank movie. Thank you. You learned quick. <laughs> The budget, not our best, was $160 million to make, and it only made $182 million worldwide. $160 million, I Jesus. Know. I guess there was like a lot of CGI yeah, or something. I think mostly CGI. Yeah. yeah. And apparently water tanks are expensive, I guess. Mm. The tagline, the first one is brilliant. It came out in May, remember? It came out in May. Okay. The tagline is just, Mayday, Mayday. Okay, that's that great. <laughs> Great. And then the second one that made my jaw drop when you were telling us about what happened on this day, the second one is just SOS 06. I don't know why. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. But God was involved, for sure. Mm. And then some trivia that doesn't fit in later. Like, you know, I like to sprinkle some in. But this, I'll just tell you now. It was an Oscar nominee for Best Visual Effects, but it lost to Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest. Mm. Lindsay Lohan turned down the role of Jennifer. And then that role went to Emmy Rossum, which is a coincidence, or not really. But Emmy Rossum also took the role originally meant for Lindsay Lohan in The Day After Tomorrow. Wow. I knew she was in Day After Tomorrow, yeah. but I didn't. No, Lilo was supposed to be in Someone it. Someone that also said yes to this movie was Richard Dreyfus. Obviously, he's in it. But he has made it known in interviews time and time again that he only did this movie because he needed the money for his daughter to go to college. Well, love the honesty. Before <laughs> we move into the film synopsis, what character, if any, do you identify as from this movie? I'll tell you who I'm not. And that is the stranger that digs through <laughs> dead bodies and risks her life to help someone else's boyfriend 
I've never seen anyone I relate to less in any of these movies. And <laughs> we've watched movies about a lot of freaks. But this girl, I was like, oh, absolutely not. I kind of hate everybody in this movie. <laughs> like, I don't really understand any of the relationships. They really said plot, who, character, development, what. A lot of convoluted connections. Yeah on the Poseidon ship. But I think I would, not to like have main character energy, but I think I would be Dylan because mm. I weirdly am. One thing you should know about me, I'm good in a crisis. Oh. Yeah. Now I can't swim, so that would oh. not benefit me in a disaster That'll involving a tidal wave. <laughs> See, I can swim, but I don't think I would survive the first half. In fact, I know for a fact I wouldn't survive the first half. So I'm just going to say that I'm Fergie because... <laughs> there's no way I would survive any of this. I would be the first to die. And I would probably be in the middle of a song when I did it. <laughs> Do you think you would keep performing? <laughs> like the band on the Titanic? Yeah. It depends. Like the Titanic, they could. Like she was flung across the room. That would be difficult. But the band, if you already know you're not getting a lifeboat because you're not a child or a woman, then keep playing that. Trombone, trombone, or whatever uh-huh. you play. But trombone. I tried to combine trombone, trampoline, and tambourine all together. Speaking of manifesting opportunities, <laughs> I'm going to call Toys R Us. Next episode, you're just going to pull out a trampoline. And this week's sponsor, the trampoline. <laughs> so this is usually when we would have the guest give a one minute synopsis, but I did take the liberty of googling the film synopsis. Who says that I can't do things? <laughs> After a huge tidal wave capsizes a luxury liner in the North Atlantic, individual survivors band together and traverse a hazardous upside-down maze that they hope will take them to safety. As the wrecked vessel fills with water, the survivors must call on hidden strengths and skills to face the fight of their lives. I couldn't have said it better myself. Let's jump in. All right. So I don't know if being bullied by you week after week for more than a year is finally starting to pay off because I was so impressed by how many people I recognized. We had Jake from Sweet Home Alabama, Mm. Fiona from Shameless, The Chief from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Johnny Drama from Entourage. We had Kate Hudson's stepdad and... Miss Fergalicious herself. Yeah. I don't know if I'm proud of you or not. I think I'm proud of you. Thank you. Because Sweet Home Alabama, I'm sure, I know you've seen it before, but I'm sure you wouldn't have known if you didn't just watch it two months ago. No, probably not. And probably not Fergie either. And you can thank me for that because (laughs) I, I have been talking about her nonstop on social media this week because when I was watching this movie, my husband walked in and said, why are you watching Poseidon? And I was like, because we're covering it and because it's one of the greatest movies ever made. But he was not into it. He said he tried to watch it, had to turn it off because there was no character development. We'll get into that later. But he was like, I didn't care that people were dying. And I said, you didn't even care that Fergie was dying? And then he had the nerve, the gall, the audacity to tell me that he never got into Stacey Ferguson. Never got into her. Wow. I know. So then I had to do a poll, of course, course. because this like shocked me to my core. I had to go to my followers. You gotta take it to the streets. (laughs) And they helped me. I said, like, the Black Eyed Peas were around long before Fergie joined, and they were around long after Fergie joined. Now they have, like, Nicole Scherzinger doing a song with them, Shakira. They're really trying to have the magic they had with Fergie. But Black Eyed Peas were the Black Eyed Peas only when Fergie was with them. I would agree with that. I don't know if I could name one song that 
Fergie was not a part of. I'm certainly not going to try. <laughs> I appreciate any woman who will pee herself on stage and the show must go on. In real life, if she wasn't playing this character on the ship, if this was really Fergie, she would perform to the bitter end. Oh, yeah, for sure. And she would piss herself and then blame it on the tidal wave. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? One day when we have her on as a guest, you can give her your tricks of the trade that you just got to wear that dark wash denim. Yeah, and did I ever tell you the time I pissed myself at... Uh, <laughs> at a margarita restaurant no i was with my friends they give you a pitcher of water as you know and there's a single use restroom for this whole new york fucking restaurant that what like, year was this in six years ago i don't know okay five okay so single use restroom that's the important part so i was drunk on margaritas got in line was like seven people deep in that line for the bathroom so when i was three people away i just pissed myself because i couldn't wait anymore <laughs> so Pissed myself waiting in line for the restroom. So then I just casually stepped out of line, went back to my table, and when I did, accidentally knocked the whole water jug onto my lap, so then I could never tell anyone I pissed myself, except then I told them immediately, like, guys, I had to do that, I just pissed myself. (laughs) And then six years later, you took to a microphone and told thousands of listeners, well, nobody has ever said you're not resourceful. Thank you. You're right. Canada Clear, if you're listening, this is the type of energy he will bring to your campaign. Okay, this is a Patreon story. Oh. And if I've already told it, you can just tell me to shut the fuck up. But at my wedding, one of our best guy friends got super, super drunk. And our wedding was on a Friday, but it was kind of like a destination because it was where I went to college. So like everybody stuck around. It became a party weekend. Saturday, we went to the beach bars. He's in the middle of the dance floor. Same thing, single use restroom. I see him walk to the bathroom, realize somebody's in there. I see him like sway back to the dance floor. He makes fucking eye contact with me and he just pisses himself. (gasps) At your wedding? This was like at the bar on Saturday. So it wasn't like at the wedding, but it was the wedding weekend. So we got married in October. His birthday is in November. And this is where I may have taken it a bridge too far. For his birthday, I got him one of those diaper cakes for baby showers. And he did not find it funny. But I did. Was this your friend or Dr. Bald's friend? Dr. Bald's friend, who is like my friend too. (laughs) I would venture to say maybe not. Well... It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr., as 
Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So let's talk about this movie since we haven't even covered a single second of it yet. (laughs) Our movie begins aboard the Poseidon, a giant luxury cruise ship filled with people traveling for business, pleasure, and to see Fergie perform on New Year's. (laughs) And like most New Year's parties, people are really going through shit. While the ex-mayor of New York is trying his best to cock block his daughter and her secret fiance, we've got angsty architect. Richard taking a page out of both of our book of crazy and calling his ex-boyfriend over and over and over again while he pretends he's not broke. We have professional gambler Dylan trying to score with a MILF and Elena being smuggled into New York City to be with her sick brother. Now, Elena, I have lots of thoughts about her, and I think she is perhaps maybe our most well-developed character, which really shows that the bar is beneath the sea in this movie (laughs) for learning about anybody. But she is truly out here giving zero fucks and not even trying to be stealthy. The ship hasn't even left yet, and she's like, my TV is not working, so I'm just going to walk yeah, around the cabin. Yeah, it's cabins. very blinking you miss that she's even a stowaway. Because she says it a few times, but like for a majority of pre-Tidal Wave, she's truly like in the room where people are clubbing and stuff. And even later, I mean, I have a lot of, let's say, <laughs> feedback for the writers for Mr. Wolfpock or whatever. <laughs> but we learn later she's extremely claustrophobic. So even if they had dropped a little line like the rooms are too small, this cruise ship, I feel like I'm jumping out of my skin. But for her excuse to be like, no, I don't have cable. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Like, just try to be sneaky. Right. Put on a wig or something. <laughs> well, you're one to talk to that. Yeah, true. <laughs> so this movie wastes no time dilly-dallying with silly things like character development <clears throat> because by minute 20, we have the crew losing their shit in the control room as they try to unsuccessfully steer the boat away from a giant tidal wave. I have trivia right here. Oh. The original cut of the movie was 123 minutes. Oh, I know, we would have never watched it. 
which is exactly 25 minutes more than the theatrical release. And all 25 of those minutes were before the tidal wave hit. That makes sense. So that was just 25 minutes of like character development and you know, getting to know the characters. But then Wolfgang Puck, or whatever his name is, was like, absolutely not. We're making the movie faster, and this tidal wave is going to hit 20 minutes. He's like, I don't actually need you to know about these people at all. We really want to focus on the weather. (laughs) Because by minute 21, we've had a crash, an explosion, an upside-down sinking ship, several electrocutions, and a small child trapped (laughs) on the ceiling. Now, I'm no scientist, and we know that I can't swim, but this wave truly seemed to come out of nowhere. And that's why I think it's a spinoff of Moonfall. They gotta get a tape measure out <laughs> and see where that moon is located. <laughs> this is not a good New Year's, but I don't think many are. No, and the one that I, I don't know what episode I talked about it on, because we've never covered a New Year's movie before, so God knows what tangent I went on, but the one I talked about making out with that boy in the shark's mouth at the aquarium, mm-hmm, classic. I thought that was a good New Year's. And then, one of my friends that I went with recently found the photos, not only were we the only young people at this party like we were in college or like fresh out of college everyone else was a queen 60 but (laughs) but then the one other young person that was there was the boy i made out with in the shark mouth and he was not attractive in my head in memory he was but i actively knew he wasn't at that party because there are pictures (laughs) after he passed out it's like him passed out against the wall me and my friends like gagging Uh, like (laughs) making gag faces next to him because we thought he was ugly wow so that just shows you can't trust even your memories about a positive (laughs) new year's eve because it's always going to be bad yeah what kind of party was it like were the 60 year olds raging or were you guys just young and drunk enough to be passing out and making out in shark's mouths and gagging with your digital camera or were like the 60 year olds getting after it too it wasn't like a gala like it wasn't black tie or anything like it was open bar in i don't know if it was trenton but like a new jersey aquarium so please know that it was trashy we were not just young and trashy i mean we were young and trashy but like the vibe was trashy trashy people dressed up in sequins <laughs> I would die to go back again. And now that I'm closer to the actual age, I might have right. a ball. You could circle back when you're age appropriate. Make out and, I don't know, the sky's the limit. Maybe you could do some deep sea diving. Put on a scuba suit. Yeah, hold up a, um, what killed Steve Irwin? Bindi. <laughs> I just wanted to start the new year with you saying it. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I'll hold up a stingray. I will say that theory has shocked the nation because, like I said, I was with my best friend all weekend and she listens to this podcast because she's very supportive and sweet. And she literally could not stop talking about the fact that you think that Bindi <laughs> Irwin offed her father. It came up multiple times throughout the weekend, just out of the blue. She's like, I'm still just thinking about Donnie in that Bindi Irwin costume. I've had Australian listeners message me and say, like, we do hate her. That's correct. I've heard every theory about what killed Steve Irwin, including his wife. I know that's what they all say. And they're like, but I can assure you, I've never heard Bindi. Like, wow. not until I am the cute one, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did ask our cuties the stories from their worst New Year's ever, and they're pretty bad. <laughs> so I'm just going to 
read off a few. The first one, I took my cold medicine with Goldschlager and woke up in bed with my (laughs) ex-husband. Oh, my God. I do feel like that would mix not in theory well, but taste-wise, I think it would make a nice concoction. You know I love a a themed cocktail. I love a cocktail. You know I love a (laughs) cocktail. You know, I love a themed cocktail. So when I was in Romeo and Juliet in college, I found a mixed Poison? drink. No, I found a mixed drink called Romeo and Juliet, and it's Goldschlager and raspberry liqueur or something. Because it doesn't mesh, and it's like two separate drinks. Like, they're from two separate worlds. But it was incredible, and I think it would taste like that. Was it good? <laughs> I said, but it was incredible. Okay. Well, I didn't know if you meant, like, it was incredible that you found such a disgusting drink. No, I loved it. Because then I would just make it randomly for any party. Mm. It was a shot for some. Oh. Like, yeah. Okay. And I love anything with Goldschlager. Like, anything that will cut my throat open while I drink it is top-tier alcohol. The first cut is the deepest. That's what Cheryl Crow <laughs> taught me. Or Gandhi. Or Oprah. I don't know. They all mix together. Speaking of mixed, this person mixed vodka with champagne in the same glass and vomited all over their new boyfriend. Oh. I would do the Romeo and Juliet drink <laughs> over the champagne and I talked about the Arbor Mist and vodka before, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Chicago before Uber. I got separated and cried at a friend's brother's empty basement apartment doorstep until the sun came up. That's beautiful. That must have been cold, Chicago. Yeah. On New Year's Eve. Yikes. And then the last one. I spent my New Year's trying to calm a friend who was off his face and thought he had cat whiskers. That's why we don't do drugs, people. Steve Buscemi or whiskers. (laughs) On a trombolete. (laughs) So the captain educates the crowd about rogue waves and assures them that help is on the way, telling everybody that they should stay in the ballroom because that is where the air is, which seems logical. But Dylan, who is Jake from State Farm, Jake from that other movie. Sweet Home Alabama. There we go. And Mayor Ramsey are like, eh. Fuck that. And they begin a side quest to rescue the mayor's daughter and exit the boat through the propellers, assembling our very own Avengers team in the process. So we have the suicidal gay architect, a mom and the seemingly only child on the entire ship, and Valentino, a seaman who has been brought along to be a tour guide of this ship. I wonder if the other little kids, like I know cruise ships have like kids clubs. I wonder if they were all there and then we just like know they're dead. (laughs) Yeah, R.I.P. And again, like, the captain had this plan. And I understand why the mayor didn't. He needed to save his daughter. But everybody else, like, just stay put, please. We saw how that went. That was going to be my question, but I knew the answer. You would be staying. You would be listening. Not so much because it's a rule, which, I mean... I would probably say a large part because it's a rule, but also because I am not one to risk my life. Like, we already know if there's a zombie apocalypse, I will be um, not living much longer on Mm -hmm. my own accord because I'm not going to let them take me. So this, I think, would be the same thing. I wouldn't, like, seek out that, but I wouldn't be jumping and swinging from empty elevator shafts either. That's fair. (laughs) Obviously, you can't really predict what you would do if you were on a cruise ship and a giant tidal wave (laughs) took you out and you were suddenly flipped on the bottom of the ocean. But I don't think I would be bringing a child with me unless – It was my child and I was trying to save our lives. I would say you can follow behind. And like, if we make a rope bridge, you're more than welcome to use it. But if there's anything that like, oh my God, only three of us can go. It won't be either of you. So just know that ahead of time, honey. (laughs) And then spoiler alert, 
the kid gets lost several times. Like it wasn't really talked about, which I wish they had mentioned this more, but like certainly there has to be like an end supply of air on the ship. The clock is ticking and they spent a large chunk of time like hunting down little Tommy or whoever. (laughs) You know what I didn't realize I didn't like about this movie until just now? Or maybe I do like it. It's very like wholesome. Like they all decide to work together and they do. Whereas like The Walking Dead or Jurassic Park, when people are like, only focused on their own safety that they fuck over other people. Like the fat guy from Jurassic Park and then people mm-hmm. on Walking Dead. There was no one here that like smothered the little boy so that he couldn't take up air. I don't know if I would call this movie wholesome because not to belabor the point, although that is sort of my personal brand, but let's circle back to why this movie is definitely not a disaster film conversation. (laughs) So disaster movies have a formula. Like we've got to have the estranged dad with a special set of skills. Who's going to end up saving the world or like a broody teenager with a trauma bonded love interest or a stepdad who sacrifices himself. Like the list goes on and on and on nowhere in this disaster disaster movie formula is casual intended murder. We need to talk about this <laughs> elevator shaft scene because I gasped because poor Valentino, who is the person that was meant to be their tour guide on this little adventure, is clinging for dear life to Richard, who, let's not forget, was literally trying to kill himself an hour ago. And then when it becomes apparent that both of them won't be able to make it, that like the weight is too much, Richard is encouraged by Dylan to, and I quote, kick him off, (laughs) which he does. Like, RIP Valentino, I was shocked. This wasn't like Valentino was a bad guy or Valentino was trying to like jeopardize the operation. He was working for big tidal wave. It literally was just like, oh, no, you need to murder this guy so that you can live. That is true. But I think there is no way that the guy that was going to kill himself could have chosen Valentino's life over his. It was either you both die or he dies. And I think with death looming, he realized he wanted to live. Mm. Now, should it be at the hands of Valentino? Maybe not. Maybe with death looming. Maybe <laughs> Valentino wanted to live too, I though. mean, clearly. And that's why he decided to join the group and jump on Richard's literal heels. But like I said before, there are going to be some times when only a handful of us can fit in. And that means whoever's last... Doesn't fit in that palm. R.I.P. Valentino. It is shocking, though. I used to be terrified, never of elevators, but of escalators. I was terrified as a little kid of escalators to the point where, like, as a little, little kid, my parents had to carry me down an escalator. And then when I got older, they had to, like, hold my hand on one. And my dad, to teach me, he was really a piece of shit. My dad, to teach me that they weren't scary, said, come on, I'll hold your hand. And then when I did, when like I held his hand and got on, he jumped ahead two steps so that I was by myself. So then I ran backwards two steps. So then I was at the start of it again. And I just screamed as my parents went, all the way up the escalator. And then they were like, come on, come on, you can do it, come on. And I refused. So then he had to come back down the other one and come get me. But that is fucked up. 
And it didn't teach me. It is <laughs> fucked up. I will acknowledge that. I'm really sorry you went through that. A couple follow-up I questions. don't know what age I was, so don't even ask. Ballpark. We'll say, uh, I really don't know. We'll say six to eight. Okay, so I was really hoping we weren't in the high school range. No, no, no. Screaming at the top of that escalator. (laughs) Okay, second question. What did you think was going to happen on the escalator? Like, why were you afraid of it? Well, I don't know what I thought as a child, but your shoelaces can get stuck now. And I've seen videos of them literally just fall and you fall into the gears. Like, I've seen this. So I don't know what I thought as a child, but they were valid thoughts, whatever they were. Because I still kind of am afraid. Now when I go on them, I hold the side so that if the middle does collapse, I can just hold the railing and not fall into the gear and die. Oh, but those railings have as much germs on them as a toilet seat. And your carpets have, not yours specifically, maybe, I don't know. Your carpets have more germs than a toilet seat. My carpets definitely (laughs) do. (laughs) And my favorite place to sit in someone's house is the carpet. We got a rug during quarantine, and my favorite thing is just laying on it and saying I'm in the clubhouse. What clubhouse? I'm not sure, but I prefer it (laughs) over the furniture. Okay, a lot to unpack in that (laughs) statement. Maybe in a past life, you were sucked up by an escalator. Like, you just knew in your spirit. When we're escalating? Oh, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, Yeah, you could have been a new soul. (laughs) We have to get this one back in the world. (laughs) So the murder crew finally links up with the mayor's daughter, her smushed fiance, and Elena, our resident stowaway. Oh, and elsewhere, the captain and Fergie embrace as the windows crack open in the Great Hall and (laughs) all of the water rushes in and everyone dies. So I guess this is just another real world example of how following the rules just never works out. (laughs) Just do your own thing. That's what Oprah said. (laughs) Trivia really quick. Many members of the cast and crew came down with infections due to being in dirty water for so many hours a day while filming. Oh, cute. (laughs) Or maybe just rolling around on carpet. (laughs) Calling all Virginia cuties. Mother Magnolia is a houseplant specialty boutique offering supplies and goods for novice self-proclaimed plant murderers to expert level plant parents. Educational and DIY workshops are offered for cuties in the area and virtual pay what you can plant consults are offered if you can't make it to Virginia. And with the holidays approaching, be sure to check out MotherMagnoliaPlants.com for their online shop. They've got everything you never knew you needed, from soil scoops and trellises to planty stickers, pins, cards, and apparel. That's MotherMagnoliaPlants.com. And to follow the journey, follow Mother Magnolia on TikTok, Mother Magnolia Plant Co. on Instagram and Facebook. So with a little help from a wasted dude named Lucky Larry, the smushed fiance is freed from underneath the rubble he's been trapped under, and the mayor uses this vulnerable moment as a chance to stop being such a weird perv to his daughter and finally accept that his daughter is a badass and that her dopey fiance is going to be fucking her, whether he likes it or not. And after being taunted by Lucky Larry, the mayor's most shameful secret is revealed. He is a man of the people and got elected after rescuing women and children from a fire. But old Larry gets what's coming to him and he perishes in a literal fiery waterfall of death. This movie. (laughs) Is it not as good as I think it is? I mean, it only made $12 million, so maybe not. But out of all disaster movies I've seen, this is one of my favorites. Have you learned nothing? (laughs) Have you? I said I don't listen to you when it's things I don't agree with. I like this movie. I'm shocked that you like it. (laughs) I was expecting... A much different reception, so I'm pleasantly surprised. You know why? I think it's because there is no character development. It's just Mm. things 
happening one after each other, where in so many movies, you get both. Like, in Mm. Marvel movies, you get 50 million fights and also an hour of character building, where in this, like, they said, we're just going to pick and we choose all the random acts of violence. It was kind of just like Legends of the Hidden Temple. It was just one obstacle course after the next. Maybe that's why I love it. Yeah. Now, I could combine all of the Goblet of Fire adjacent tasks this group has to tackle, just like, oh, by the way, Dylan Swan dives into the death water. They create a deranged zip line. They use tiny child labor fingers to get out of a few <laughs> sticky situations. They purposely flood a tank using extremely tangential logic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I do want to take a moment to talk about the tiny vent portion of the ocean obstacle course, just because this truly pissed me off. Because Elena, despite being bad at being smuggled across international waters, she does seem to be kind of the only one with any fucking sense. And she is understandably skeptical and also super claustrophobic as she is encouraged to like army crawl through an air vent while the water continues to like rise all around them. And spoiler alert, it turns out she is not our final girl and she does later drown. So RIP to her. But circling back, before she dies, Richard is like giving her a pep talk, Richard, the architect, and is like, Elena, if you don't go, we don't go like you got this. We need this. You certainly didn't have this attitude with poor (laughs) Valentino, you motherfucker. That was not the attitude or approach you had when you kicked him down that shaft. And then later, when she has perished, the mayor is giving a pep talk to Dylan. And he's like, you did all you could. You gave Elena a chance. You gave everybody a chance. No, the fuck he didn't. (laughs) To quote Jonah Hill in Superbad, people don't forget. And it was his idea to murder Valentino. Okay, I understand what you're saying, but... The Valentino death was at the start of their journey, where this is after they've bonded. Like, these are people they care about now. This is like one of those races where we pass the baton, whereas before it was every man for himself. I see. Or maybe they just weren't down with the working class. (laughs) Perhaps. Now, listeners, you might be thinking, okay, we've had explosions, electrocutions, drownings. How will they get out of the ship? Well, the answer is simple. In an act that lets his daughter know that he has finally accepted her fiancé, Mayor Ramsey sacrifices himself, dives down to the control room, and gets the propellers to spin in the opposite direction. Why this works, we're not quite sure, but it does let them cannonball out of the boat and into the sea. Brilliant. Like, if this, I know, again, this only made $12 million, and it's at this point like 15 years old, but... (laughs) If there ever was a ride at Universal Studios, it could be so fun. It could be. (laughs) At the end, you have to literally paddle away from like a big splash. That would be so fun. But this is the thing about action adventure movies and also disaster films is you do just kind of have to let go of reality and just go with it. Like, does this make any sense? No. Do they even try to explain the logic behind doing most of the things they do? (laughs) No. Would Bill Nye the science guy confirm that any of these like super bold choices they make would work in real life? Absolutely the fuck not. But did I cheer when those propellers got blown up by a tank and then stopped? Yes. I cheered. And I think that's why I like this movie and also so many other movies that people have problems with because my brain doesn't work period. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I don't think about things that don't logistically make sense. 
I do. And I don't know if it's a mental block. Mm. Whatever gene allows me to enjoy Hallmark Christmas movies is the same gene that allows me to watch these type of movies. I see the problems and it almost makes me like it more because mm. I'm like, yeah, all we need to do is get these propellers on this cruise <laughs> ship to go the opposite direction and we can get out. That's all we need to do. Now, did Pretty Little Liars bother you or did you set a blind eye to it? No, I loved Pretty Little Liars, but I did start to get too confused. Okay. So I loved when there were plot holes and mm. people showing up in hoodies (laughs) i loved it but then when we started getting into like second cousins once removed showing back up and you're like i don't know who you are but again that's a problem with my brain not working oh yeah when people were like how does this teenage girl have this bat cave and how is she in seven places at once like that stuff never even crossed my mind it didn't matter right no (laughs) okay good and that's how i feel about this yeah amen So our final six survivors, the mayor's daughter and small dick energy fiance, our hero Dylan, the mom and her son, and the sad, pathetic architect, (laughs) paddle away from another tidal wave created by the ship's final descent. They shoot off their flare gun and they live to see another day. They did it. They survived. That was beautiful. Question. I Maybe I am thinking logistically. When the boat sinks in, wouldn't it suck them in too? I think so. And I think that that's knowledge I gained by not even watching Titanic, but <laughs> I think maybe learning about the Titanic, yeah. that even people that got out got sucked under because it's yeah. like a vortex. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but if we had only known that you could just get into like a little safety raft with your little plastic paddles and maybe when that first rogue wave came they could have all just gotten out their oars and started going to town mm-hmm. you know we'd have a different story <laughs> instead fergie perished in this film <laughs> she could have been with us today yeah this movie was very symbolic of my year like i got through it but it's gonna take me years of therapy to unpack you know yeah and if you don't paddle fast enough you'll get sucked back in <laughs> amen i think oprah said that one too we're gandhi <laughs> Because these people are not going to be well. No. Six survivors on the whole ship. Woof. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Just like 2022. (laughs) So if we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would we want the plot to a sequel to be? Well, in the... Whatever the Poseidon adventure was, whenever that original movie was, the 80s or 70s or something, the same director that did that also made The Towering Inferno, which is about these people that are in like this luxury tallest building in the world at the penthouse, and then it starts to collapse, and they have to get out as it's collapsing. So I want these six survivors to be (laughs) trauma-bonded and, like, live their lives, not together, but, like, they stay in touch, and then they go to the grand opening of the tallest building in the world, and that happens. So then they have to get... (laughs) get I have chills talking about how sick this is and how excited it makes me. If those six people had to go through trauma again together (laughs) wow i love all of that also i'm gonna have to watch that movie it doesn't sound like a disaster film but we'll see it's not i want a sequel where first of all the daughter who i literally couldn't care enough to learn her name if you couldn't tell that her identity is being the mayor's daughter which i think she kind of likes that was kind of her vibe (laughs) So I want a sequel where the daughter leaves her fiance for Dylan. Mm. Because what the fuck? Yeah. Why? Why? Why would you? No. 
I think that they will all be famous now. Like somebody wrote a book, somebody has a podcast, somebody is a life coach on Instagram. Yeah. And now I just watched the Glass Onion movie on Netflix. So I want them all to be summoned to a remote island only for it to be hit by a tidal wave. Oh, that's good. And they have to use their survival skills in the wild. I like that. I like either one. Drop them in the jungle or in the city. Yeah, just... Fuck these people's lives up more. (laughs) That's all we need. (laughs) So final, final thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? Well, the fact that Fergie's in it ages well, Mm -hmm. because like I said, she makes anything Black Eyed Peas or a cruise ship New Year's Eve wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as technology and stuff, I'm not quite sure because I don't know logistics of how cruise ships work. So Mm -hmm. maybe spinning those propellers backward aged wonderfully, maybe not. I'm not a propeller princess, so I'm not quite sure about that either. I will say did not age particularly well that literally only the white people survived. And that the non-white people, including Fergie, who pretends to be non-white but is, they all died first. Yeah, like immediately. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, one by one. I think that it holds up just because it never held up, and yet that's the magic. Mm. And you know what? I will say the CGI did hold up well. It did. Because some of those movies, especially in that era, the CGI, you go back and you're like, oof, yikes. And I think because they spent so much money on it, the fact that this movie was nominated for an Oscar at all is incredible. So I think that it was nominated for Best Visual Effects, that speaks volumes. Yeah. Overall, I think we're starting our year out with a bang. I I mean, this is clearly a New Year's day classic (laughs) i think that every person who saw this movie pop up in their feed said oh well duh certainly what other movie could they have possibly covered for new year's day so i think we're crushing it we're starting this year out with a fucking bang we are a fire waterfall if you will and i know (laughs) it came out in may and like it doesn't seem like it's a New Year's movie, but it really did take place on New Year's Eve. I, I know. know. There is an organized <laughs> chaos yeah. in the madness. Here we go. <laughs> well, if you want to celebrate New Year's with us, just one shameless plug to kick off the year, right? Leave us a five-star review and tell us what you're manifesting this year or how hilarious and wonderful we are. And thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate you. I like got a little choked up in the beginning talking about this podcast because I really do feel like it's just been a little bright spot. Me too. Happy to be here. So next week, we are covering Just Married for the 20th anniversary and well, that's whew, crazy. That is 20 years. Disgusting. <laughs> that as well. On that note, see you next week. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you later. later. Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.